Wow, that's great. That sounds like HBO, that sound. All right, this week it's something a little special for you guys. This is a bit of a solo flight for me. This is my first time putting together an episode completely by myself. Now, I'm doing this not because I don't have Rich's help available, really, whenever I need it, and thank you so much for that, Rich. But I want to do this to show you guys what you can do as well with just a recorder, a bit of free Audacity software on your computer. And honestly, if I can do this, anyone can do this. And quite honestly, if you, yes, you, like the sound of this and think, well, I could do that or I could do better, I would absolutely love to talk to you, help you put it out, and get more of these conversations happening about how all of us normal people are facing climate change. So this episode is about a bus tour that I recently did. And you're probably thinking, okay, he did a bus tour. What's special about that? But this was a bit of a special tour. This was also a beach cleanup, and this was put on by... Two amazing people who work at a tour operator here in Melbourne, but they wanted to do something a bit different. So I brought along my recorder and I recorded the day. Honestly, I didn't record as much as I should have, which just goes to show if you've got a recorder, always be recording. But I've cut together some of the highlights from the day, again, not as much as I should have, and then an interview with these two amazing people at the end of the show. And I hope you get a lot out of it, and if you ever have the chance to go on Trash Bags on Tour, they have my wholehearted endorsement. So without further ado, here's Climactic Special on Trash Bags on Tour. Good morning, everybody. It is hideously early on a Sunday morning. I'm up and out on the street before even the sun is, which I uh, tend not to make a habit. <laughs> I tend to be a with the sun or after the sun riser. But I'm up this early to go out on a bus tour of the Great Ocean Road. That's also a beach cleanup. So I've never gone out and done a beach clean before. Now I've been out with people who, you know, will be conscientious and pick up a bit of rubbish on the beach. Honestly, that wasn't me who instigated that. Never has been before. But today is a dedicated trip out to the beaches to do a beach clean. So I'm not quite sure what that entails. I'm looking forward to finding out. Now, right now, 6.30 in the morning, Sunday. Uh, um... Yeah, that happened. So 6.30 in the morning, Sunday. If it wasn't for the fact I was doing this podcast and trying to get serious about this stuff, uh, especially after a night at my hospitality job in a restaurant, I'd quite like to be in bed right now. But I'm really looking forward to this day. I look forward to finding out what it actually means to do a beach clean. And, and I'm really interested in the other people coming along today. What's motivating them to give up their Sunday, get up very early on a Sunday morning, and come along to the Great Ocean Road to do a beach cleanup? So I look forward to finding that out. So, from the support of Autopia Tours, it, it, it feels there's been a lot that's gone into it, but it's been effortless from side but yeah really just a, a massive thanks to everybody for for seeing that this is a really worthy cause of moving forward um, as Mel said in tourism um, but also for the future generations to come this is a really massive thing so thank you so much thank you so much and I hope you get to enjoy the beautiful sights of the Great Ocean Road and um, yeah, get amongst it Sleeping husband and dog. <laughs> it's Corey 
Ontario, isn't yeah. it? Um, so yeah, Geelong is the second largest city in Victoria, um, and it was also established at the same time as Melbourne. Um, but Geelong is an Aboriginal word, so the Aboriginal people in this area were the Wangarung people, and the bay in Geelong is called Karayo Bay. Um, so that's sort of why there were more people inhabiting this area. Yeah, Geelong and Melbourne established by Europeans in the same year, 1835, by a man called John Batman. So John Batman was also very integral in setting up uh, Melbourne. So Melbourne, so I've heard, was almost called Batmania, which yes. would be so rad. But no, they didn't go with Batmania, they went with Melbourne. Um, and then, so John Batman comes down here and he actually talks the Aboriginal people around the bay, uh, the Wapurong people. And it's an interesting one because it's the only time in the European settlement of Australia where there was actually a treaty drawn up between the Aboriginal people and between um, the British and the Europeans. Um, which is good. I mean, that being said, it wasn't a fair treaty. Uh, so in exchange for 40,000 hectares of land around Corio Bay, uh, the Aboriginal people were given some bags of flour, some cotton shirts, some knives, scissors, it wasn't exactly a fair treaty at all. So, like, for the Aboriginal people, it's that you don't own the land. You're looking after the land, and you're looking after it for your children. Their ancestors live on, their, on the land. So the concept of someone saying, hey, can I come and buy this from you? Like, all oh, right, yeah, they're probably going to look after the land as well. Um, huh. That's what we are going to do today, folks. <laughs> we are going to be looking after the land. All right, so we've just stopped at this world-famous rest stop just past Korea on the way down to Great Ocean Road. World-famous for... Uh... <laughs> 64 Google reviews on the map. Got a whole bunch of uh, solar panels on top of an outbuilding here, and I'm not quite sure what they're feeding into. There's no electric vehicle charging station. I'm not sure if it's just power for the uh, public toilet. I'll have to look it up. But how's it going so far? It's going well. Yeah, we've some new people. Yeah. And it's, it's a bit better than your standard bus ride, isn't it? Yeah. I'm liking the music, actually. Yeah, very on theme, right? Yeah. It's Steeler's Wheel. and yeah. All right, no, so yeah. here with Mel and Pat. <laughs> A week ago, I had no idea who either of you were. I had gone to some event and got up and, and talked a little bit about the show and kind of, I thought, made a fool of myself. And then the next day, I get a Facebook invite to go on this beach tour, this bus trip and beach cleanup from this tour group. And the person behind that message, out of the blue, who said she'd seen me speak the night before, which terrified me, was <laughs> Mel. So, Mel, can you tell me a bit about this tour and, and who you are and basically what you're doing just give a, an intro yeah so basically the product name um so to say is trash bags on tour um which probably doesn't sound too inviting but bear with me it's a cool thing so basically me and cat work for a local tour operator and we've been collecting rubbish from the beaches in melbourne mainly in st kilda and port melbourne both got really much into sustainability and um, plastic-free, zero-waste kind of lifestyle. And then we just wanted to incorporate that into our jobs as well, since the company that we work for already does great things for sustainability. Kind of started as a idea that, oh, nobody's doing this. Wouldn't it be cool to do something like this? And <laughs> basically, four weeks later, we did it. <laughs> we did it. And yeah, I had the, the pleasure of being one of your guinea pigs on the first Yeah, trip, exactly. Yes. So something you're doing already, which is, you know, beach cleans, fun over summer. Granted, not as many people <laughs> do them as they should, but a good summer activity. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm enjoying doing this. would be a good thing to add into the work. And 
as you said, no one else was doing it. And how about you, Kat? Who wants to claim the original idea? Don't know either of us can because it really was a joint effort. I mean, Mel and I had a conversation in the room at work one time and just went, oh, you know, beach cleanup, beach cleanup. Oh, I do that too. And then, um, yeah, it was an idea to start a Facebook group and said, all right, let's see who else out there is interested to clean up the beaches and maybe this can become a thing. And then a week later we had 800 people join the Facebook group and wow. yeah so and there's there's a, gotta be more of a story to that how you promoted it or did you just send it out to friends just I, I think it was all cats friends cats <laughs> got a lot of friends well you know it's it was really encouraging to see that a lot of people jumped onto it anyway and it was something that they were passionate about even if it was the idea of it you know so yeah and then I think we Mel and I sort of went oh okay now we've got this Facebook page how does this become bigger? And then Lizzie, who was the amazing tour guide, um, said just out of the blue one day, why don't you make it into a tour, trash bags on tour? And Mel and I sort of looked at each other and went, oh, my God, that's got a ring to it. Let's yes. do it. <laughs> and now you know the story behind the name and it sounds a lot better. That's exactly. Great. Exactly. So it wasn't a Eureka moment. It was an our Rika moment. You yeah, both had. absolutely. That's a terrible pun. Well, we'll be gone. <laughs> So have either of you ever developed a tour before? Not designing our own tour precise, but after working for the tour operator and doing Great Ocean Road many times, explaining the itinerary and timings to customers every day, you kind of get a good idea how it actually works in real life and how much work goes into actually putting a tour together and making sure that everything works. So yeah, definitely if we hadn't already been working for Get Lost Travel Group. I don't think this would have happened, at least with this schedule that we put it together literally in four weeks. And it was really um, amazing working within the Get Lost Travel Group because they were able to guide us as to, okay, cool, look, we will sponsor you with the bus. You know, they have done, they've been in business for a really long time. So to kind of jump on their bandwagon um, was, yeah, it was really trash great. Wagon. So, on the trash wagon, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's really, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that's great. But it's just so amazing that, you know, two of you were just working there and thought, well, here's this asset we've got that you guys are running tours all the time. And, and here's how we can combine it with another passion. And voila. For me going along on the tour that day, I'd say like the ratio of like normal tour activities to like sustainable ecological activities were we're actually about 50-50 because like we, you know, we hit the tourism attractions, the 12 apostles and stuff because you can't not. You're right there. Yeah. So, <laughs> But yeah, the downtime between locations of like having a sustainability talk and talking about recycling and then whenever it sort of wasn't a structured event from you guys, it was just that organic talking to people on the bus, you know, about something that would not otherwise come up in a bus tour. So like, how much conscious work was that on your guys' part? We kind of like, yeah, we first took the structure of a standard reverse Great Ocean Road Tour that we already offer for tourists. And we kind of, okay, this is a product that's going to be aimed for locals. Like, mm -hmm. we're still a tour operator. We still want tourists to come on our fully paid tours. <laughs> so we kind of didn't want to... Also take away those customers and be like, hey, come on this cheaper beach clean tour instead. Um, so we knew that it was mainly going to be locals. And especially the first one was just family and friends and co-workers. Um, so we kind of thought that, okay, which places actually bring value as a local? And how much time do we want to spend somewhere like 12 Apostles when 
all of the people on the bus have already seen it. So, mm, okay, probably they won't need 45 minutes to take that picture. So we started cutting things down. Obviously consulted Lizzie a lot as well, who has been um, driving the tour just to get her input as well, like especially for the timings. Um, Like, oh, could Madeline do her speech here? Would it work better there? So yeah, then it just little by little came together. Or actually in one evening, really, I guess. (laughs) It really, I mean, the the whole whole idea and where it sort of started and then what you experienced on Sunday really has just come about almost, I mean, there's been a lot of work that's gone into it, but it really has just flowed. So I think you're onto a good thing once when it starts to do that for sure. So do you guys want to run more of these tours in future? Yes, absolutely. Um, So we already have the next one scheduled on the 30th of June, which is going to be another Great Ocean Road tour now that we got the First one kind of out of the way. We learned a lot. We want to keep switching the location. So we want to go to Mornington Peninsula. We want to go to Phillip Island, possibly do something in the Grampians as well. More maybe like tree planting and rubbish collecting and stuff like that as there's no beaches around. (laughs) But yeah, definitely we'll keep doing this as long as we'll have a bus and a driver, basically. (laughs) So is there any kind of commitment at this stage from Get Lost saying you've got this many trips like where it's it's free and then like and then this long at a discount or something to is it trying to work it up to a like a normal tour product they include in their their portfolio i think the great thing with working under get lost travel group is that they're a really amazing company that they just take an awesome idea and run with it so really really grateful to paul to to kind of say yes and yeah so at this stage no there's not yeah, and been the conversation about, oh, you, you girls get two more and then it's yeah be 100 no. bucks ahead, and then <laughs> if it dies then it's it's gone there hasn't been that nope. conversation i think because everybody believes in what it stands for and so therefore they're like just go for it wow so but <laughs> you guys have taken this on kind of over and above your your normal jobs right like this is not they're not saying, well, we're running this free tour. Also, you're, you guys can work on this full time and you don't have to worry about any other responsibilities. And like, you're, you're doing this kind of in a bit of free time and marginal time putting together these tours. Is that sustainable for you? You know, if you do these monthly for, say, a year, are you going to be burnt out at the end of the year from doing this? The hardest part of it is probably putting the the actual program together. So once that's done and we've got the sort of the foundation for it, I think that it will kind of, in a way, there'll obviously still be time and hours that we need to put into it. But it's something that Mel and I are really passionate about. So at this stage, it definitely is. It's, you know, I can't see myself getting burnt out with it. (laughs) So how did you both come to your kind of sense of, of environmental responsibility. Where does that come from in you? Why did um, you start doing beach cleanups? <laughs> I think mine probably is slightly different to Mel's. I've worked in tourism, travel and events for the past 10 years. So working around, especially the events industry, there is so much food, there is so much um, merchandise, there is so much that goes into an event and unfortunately there is so much waste at the end of those. So, you know, a year after year seeing that and going, ha. Ah, Okay, you know, it sort of drills into you that this needs to change. So last year was involved in a, a voluntary program and went, okay, this is something that I'm really passionate about is to give my time back to a cause that is bigger than me. The idea just sort of came up through working in travel and tourism, but also 
yeah, cleaning up the beaches and making a difference on a bigger scale. How about you, Mel? For me, like, first of all, like, I'm not originally from Australia. I don't think that came up earlier before. I'm originally from Finland. Um, and nature and cleanliness of nature is a massive, massive thing for Finnish people. We have the cleanest air, the cleanest water, cleanest everything pretty much. So I really haven't had to think about waste and rubbish until coming here. Like obviously it's not like it's not an issue in Finland, but it's I guess it's less visible maybe. And we don't really have beaches or go to the beaches because of the weather. So <laughs> I haven't had to do beach cleans before. Is that why Finnish people or like just Scandinavian people when they get to Australia are just obsessed with the beach yeah, there all the like time. We just need sun because we're deprived from it for most of the year deficient. back home. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but yeah, and I always like from my mom I already feel like I inherited this environmental some sort of awareness like my mom was also really big on recycling and organic food and all that stuff so I had a bit of that and then I guess what really gave me a kick in the butt so to say was when a bit over a year ago I became a vegan and the main reason was for that after watching like I watched probably like 20 documentaries in like a week like after I saw one I was like oh my god I need to see more learn more and for me the biggest shock was the environmental aspect of it and how what we put on our plate can have such a massive effect on the environment that's where I was like okay I need to do more and okay I changed my diet and then that made me more hungry in a way for change so I was like okay what else I can do and I started to study more about the zero waste and plastic free stuff went to Madeline's lecture which was amazing as well and then I had a friend Nat who you would have met on the tour as well one of my best friends and she's actually the one who asked oh I'm going to St Kilda I'm gonna go collect some rubbish uh do you then want to go and grab a coffee and I was like oh, I could actually come with you to the beach. I'll do that. Even though as a Finnish person, I like to go to the beach during the summer. I never kind of, even going to the beach here, you don't really see the rubbish. Like you really have to look mm -hmm. to see it. If you just go there, lay down your towel, close your eyes and leave, you're not going to notice it. Yeah, if I told you that was a polluted beach or a beach covered yeah. with rubbish, you wouldn't believe me. Yeah. Exactly. We then went kind of like the not the most touristy part of St. Killer Beach. When you go a bit to the right, so to say, that's the part that doesn't get cleaned every day. Quick aside on that, there are tractor units yeah, pulling giant rakes. Exactly. Which, say you've got a chip packet there, yeah. the rake runs over it, it cuts it into many smaller pieces, or it digs it down further yeah. into the sand. Exactly. And then after a big storm, it all gets surfaced mm. and taken out. So it looks nice it looks in the morning fantastic. when it's done. It looks yeah. like there's nothing there. It's um, the same as my kitty litter box. I can, I can yeah. <laughs> rake it just right so it looks pristine and it's not. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, the reality is quite different when you go off the most touristy part. Um, and, yeah, I was just shocked. We walked maybe 100 meters, less than a half an hour of picking, and we filled like massive plastic bags. A real wake up. This this can't be happening like all the time. And isn't anyone else doing it? And mm -hmm. why not? And why don't we know that the situation is this bad? There's so many things plastered all over the news that have no real value. And then there's these things that get overlooked. It was really exciting when Kat started working for us, and <laughs> she had the similar mindset. I was like, oh, thank God. We started talking about this stuff. Like she was just hundred and ten percent in. 
So yeah, it was very easy from that moment on. There's a lot of things on the tour I thought were really well done and could be a very good template for other tours to adopt as well. But one thing, especially, yeah, how did we do the lunch on that tour? How did that come about? And could you describe it a bit to the people listening? Yeah, so basically around the world, there is a group called the Responsible Cafes. The face of that is that you get a discount when you bring your keep cup. However, it is in a part of something so much bigger. So we researched responsible cafes in the Colac area and came up with Holmes Bakery. And I contacted the owner there and she said, look, we're actually closed on Sundays, but because it's such an amazing cause that you guys are doing, we will open for you. We will put together a lunch pack for you. So the lovely ladies that we met on Sunday had opened for us. So it was really great that they could be a part of that and be so yeah behind us in it so yeah definitely and it's down to what they gave it to us in a in an old reused cardboard box it was paper packaging around like you know i had like a veggie wrap which was great but there was no packaging involved with that at all little what the vegan sort of brownie bite thing which was plastic but that was it like that was they did they did exceptionally well how is that compared to other tours you've been on where what's the thought put into to catering a lunch for a standard tour? Yeah, look, I think it's something that the tourism industry could definitely look more into because of the numbers of people that come through and go to the hotspots. So I think that each tour operator, when they can, definitely would would try to look into that. But it is something that could be improved for sure. It was possible in this instance. But it doesn't sound like it was too hard. You had that network there of responsible cafes of, oh, there's none in the normal town we stop in. Is there one in the next town over? And then you as the tour operator, you've got a lot less rubbish at the end of the tour. Like That's that's brilliant. Other people could replicate that pretty easily. Yeah, I think so. Um, especially, as you said, you know, the box full of fruit. And, and the ladies were really conscious of, of how they did that. And they made a point of saying, look, you know, we've tried to keep in theme for you guys as much as possible. So if, if every bakery out there could do that. <laughs> that would be amazing. Seems to be the the end consumer is, start, is definitely starting to get the message. And if they ask for a greener tour, then that tour operator will demand it of their suppliers as well. How about looking down the road a couple of years into the future? What are some other things you want to do with a tour to make it greener, more sustainable that that aren't there yet, but you're hopeful for? Like the obvious one for me, and it was like our lovely driver and guide at one point, at some point was like, I need to get some more diesel. I need to get some more bus juice. And I was like, oh, I, don't, I don't want to be on a diesel bus though. Like it's the first time I've been on a diesel bus in months. And like, I don't want to go to beautiful scenic areas and emit um, like nitrous oxide into that. So I, I'm not sure if it's anywhere close on the horizon for tour operators to start using EVs. I know the infrastructure is not there, but like, what are some other kind of low hanging fruit, things that you would have wanted to include in a tour like this that may be closer than we think? Well, something that, for example, Autopia Tours is already doing, we're working together with Greenfleet. So basically, the customers have an option when they book our tour online. There's a small tab in the end that says donate $2 for Greenfleet. And that basically balances the um, emissions done by the tour. And obviously, not everyone does it, but I think we've gotten more and more people doing it which is awesome and basically we as a tour operator do have an agreement then that by the end of each year we do offset all the carbon emissions that we've been doing that year so we will donate the rest that the customers have not themselves chosen to do so yeah that's something that we're doing and i would say that if we can do it any tour operator really good and should 
A hundred percent. That I had no idea about that. I feel much better about it, which is literally it's a little bit of virtue signaling. But I'm like, I just didn't want to be on a bus because I wouldn't be in other things I do. That'd be really good to be communicated, I guess. Like it would make me feel like that that momentary trepidation of like, oh no, like even by getting out and doing a beach clean and stuff, I am contributing. Like I am doing something wrong here. That makes me feel really good, actually. Yeah, so that's something that we'll definitely mention next time on the tour. <laughs> Thank <laughs> that you. That people don't have to worry about it. Put um, a live survey feedback here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, what did we think about the state of the beach where we did the beach cleanup? What were your thoughts on that kind of segment of the tour? I think it was probably a bit of a shock initially to a lot of people because, um, like we mentioned before, it looked at first glance, probably pretty clean. And then it's not until you do go into the depths of the <laughs> the side of the road. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, out on the road like we were. Yeah, that you really find, um, you know, that what we were joking about the other day is like gold and treasure, you know, if you found a, a bit of rubbish. But, you know, we had a can that we found that was the use-by date 2007. You know, it just goes to show that, there is rubbish out there, even if it looks like it's, you know, if it is pretty clean, just look a little harder, look a little deeper. <laughs> That's right. But but don't look too close. Otherwise, you might find some creepy crawlies. <laughs> yes. And cat might get a heart attack. <laughs> so we collected all the rubbish we'd done on that beach cleanup day and we put them in the back of this trailer and you guys are going to sort them and properly recycle them correctly through you know, the appropriate source separation. Because as we learned we do have hard plastics, we got soft plastics, and a lot of that, a lot more than we think can be recycled. So, of course, in the process of sorting through that rubbish, you might find things you don't expect, especially coming from a beach. And what did we find? Found a scorpion <laughs> living. A live one, yes. Crawling towards me in a very hurry, in a very big hurry. Very and I was... <laughs> he, he had to get back for dinner. Oh, look, he was probably loving it. I've just come on an adventure. (laughs) Scorpion's on tour. (laughs) But we also found a red huntsman, uh, which Mel found. And again, if I had a big heart attack, so did she. (laughs) Yeah, I think I jumped a few meters back and gave a bit of a scream. (laughs) I don't think we were expecting to find anything living amongst the rubbish. So it literally just came out of nowhere. So um, next time we're hoping to get a bit more squeezed out of Peter and just what they do at the Great Ocean Road Coastal Committee, what kind of work they do and so on, so that we learn as well Mm. as tour operators, hoping to find new communities and committees like this to work with in the other areas of Victoria. That's a fantastic aspect of it. You're kind of doing tour groups to visit community groups around your own city. You feel like you don't do the touristy stuff in your own city because like, oh, I can't be a tourist. I live here. But there's so many groups, especially in a city the size of Melbourne, you have no idea what they're doing and the amazing stuff until you go out and see them. And what better way than someone else has organized it for you and you got an itinerary and you got a way to get there. And like the idea of local community group tourism is actually... um. I think it's like kind of a brand new sector. Yeah, you might have happened into it quite well. I'm I'm in 
for the next one. <laughs> it's actually also quite ironic this year, whether or not there's a, a change in the air, I don't know. But some other tour operators are also starting to do more with environmentally friendly tours as well. So yeah, a really massive group out there have started the same thing and there was no conversation had whatsoever. So really great to see that people are starting to get onto the same wavelength as well. Spontaneous invention. Yeah. A bit of a shout out to Rogue Wave Brewery as well. Um, They're based in Aries Inlet. They're very much linked in with Sea Shepherd and um, quite fascinating really. Here we are, us city folk, and we go down to these little local communities and they're already all over it. You know, we we can learn. Yeah, exactly. We can learn from them. Uh, So we went down to that beach and we we did the beach cleanup there and I noticed that the bags we were using were – uh, recycled plastic themselves, and they were kind of like a like a feed bag you'd put chicken feed in, and it had this logo on it, Tongaroa Blue. And I mean, it's, I said it very badly, but uh, from growing up in New Zealand, I should be able to say Tongaroa uh, better, uh, which is the the Maori god of the sea. So I was like, well, what's this about? Um, so where was the plastic we were putting in these bags going, and what was Tongaroa Blue's involvement with that? The bags and the rubbish that will be sorted, taking them back into the reservations office to sort everything, to count everything. And Tangaroa Blue, um, please. You said it better than me. Oh, I just learnt from you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they have an amazing database that is nationwide. We contacted them very early on in the piece and they said, look, fantastic. We actually don't have a lot of data collection from that particular beach site. So they're really appreciative that we can actually contribute to that as well. Brilliant. Thank you both so much for your time. Thank you for having us on here. I, I listened yeah. to your podcast this morning and um, learnt some new things about um, circular economy. And I thought, how about a circular mindset? Mm. Yeah. So I was I was really grateful to, to you. I think so. I've got that. That's why I make the same mistakes over and over again. See the <laughs> circular mindset. <laughs> Uh, yeah. no, thank you very much, Kat. Yeah, definitely a big thanks for coming with us on Sunday and thanks for the invitation. then having us here. So, yeah, this is a prime example of the networking that we did on the day, I would say. And, yeah, for anyone listening, if you want to be a part of the change you wish to see in the world, feel free to find us from Facebook, Trash Bags on Tour. And that's where we'll always announce the new beach cleans give us a like and hope to see many of you on the tour for the months to come yeah actually mel you've been super active and it's been like one of the best facebook pages i've joined actually like even the last like four days three days too long a day even in the last like three days since the tour the stuff you've put up like now i've got what on sunday i'm probably gonna go to a supermarket and dump a bunch of plastic on their floor that wouldn't have happened if i didn't go on the tour and you know screenings of things so so keep up the good work there and yeah definitely you're you've nailed the community building side of things both of you so it is feel really good being part of a group like that and it's harder and harder every day to think there's no one else around who cares about sustainability which i think is a really important thing yeah absolutely excellent well that's it Thank you. Yay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm such a like, mental shambles. No, that, that was, was good. So good. That was oh, interesting. Yeah. Thank God for editing that. <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't have think from the end product that I was this incoherent. I'm like, um, yes, yeah, so that was good. <laughs> like awesome. Okay. <laughs> That's what I have to say about that. <laughs> The Climactic Collective. Collective.